0: more. Are you afraid that you'll never find your purpose? Don't minimize the impact you can have today because you are waiting for tomorrow. Join me as we talk about the problem with your purpose in this week's episode of Dreamers and Disciples. Welcome to Dreamers and Disciples. I'm your host, Wade Joy. This is a weekly podcast to help you reset your rhythms and renew your dreams as you dream the way a disciple does, with open hands. Now, purpose and destiny are words that we hear a lot about today, both within and without the church. You can open Instagram, and you don't have to scroll long before you find countless quotes telling you how to find your purpose telling you that you can find your purpose in your passion or discover it in your pain. Everyone seems to be looking for their purpose. Everyone seems to be trying to discover their destiny. And if you're not living in what you think is your purpose, well, that must mean God is preparing you for it, right? That one day you'll finally achieve that ultimate level of preparation and be able to walk into your destiny and finally embrace that ever-elusive sense of purpose. But in all the talk about purpose, it usually seems to be treated as if it was just somewhere just barely out of reach, like it can only be discovered and lived out under ideal conditions, and I believe there's a problem with looking at your purpose in this way. It's kind of like my old car phone, so let me explain. Back in 1993, I was one of the first kids at Spring Valley High School in Columbia, South Carolina, to get not just a cell phone, you know, the old early 90s say by the Bell Zach Morris gigantic cell phones. I didn't have one of those. No, I had a car phone, like a physically attached phone in my red Toyota Celica, and I thought I was the man. I thought it was going to help my dating life because as a short guy in high school, I needed all the help I could get. But really, I I found out it was a scam for my parents to make sure that I never had an excuse not to call them wherever I went. But I didn't care. I loved having my car phone. The thing is, back in the early 90s, cell tower coverage was not um, very consistent. It was spotty. And this was especially noticeable for me that summer when I worked at a Christian camp in Ridgeway, South Carolina, in the middle of nowhere, and my car phone didn't work anywhere on camp. I tried and I tried to find a spot never could. Well, one night I was desperate because the line for the landline uh, for people wanting to make calls was was backed up and by this point i actually did have a girlfriend and i wanted to call her that night so i decided i was going to drive to the highest point of camp the softball field and so i took my celica up there and just rode up and down the ball field probably tearing it all up trying to find a spot where i got a signal and i finally found the sweet spot this one tiny spot on the softball field where i actually could make a call and i had to keep the call quick because a five-minute call in the early 90s cost about as much as my monthly bill does now. But I knew from that point on that if I ever needed to make a call, I just drove my car to that one spot, and my car phone would work. Now, I used to think that my purpose or the call of God on my life was a lot like that old car phone, that it was something that only worked in the right spot, in the right location, and under ideal conditions. I I thought that my life had to look a certain way for God to truly achieve what He wanted to do in my life. I thought that I could only make a difference if I had the perfect job, or the perfect family, or the perfect testimony. If I was in the place and position of my preference, when all those conditions were right, then my purpose could truly flourish. In fact, I think we're taught this a lot in church, or at least it's implied, that You know, you do have to find your purpose, that your destiny awaits, that God is preparing you for your purpose. And all that seems to indicate that it's somewhere else other than right where you're at. And while I understand the sentiment and do believe God has plans for us and assignments that He's preparing us for. I think that to believe our purpose is out there somewhere in the future keeps us from making the most of right now, from making the most of this moment, because if my purpose is somewhere in the future, what does that mean for today? Do I just get a pass on purpose? Well, thankfully, I believe that your purpose is less like my old car phone and more like my iPhone because the days of my car phone thankfully are long gone because now I have an iPhone maybe you have an Android or something else but it still applies because I could only take my car to certain places I couldn't take my car into church with me and use my car phone there I couldn't take it into a hospital and use it there I couldn't take it on a plane and and go you know across the ocean and use my car phone there it was very limited in the locations that it worked but my iPhone I've taken it all over the world. I've used it in the UK. I've used it in Israel and Australia. I've used it in Africa. I've used it in Charlotte, North Carolina. I've used it in. Uh, I've used it in California. I've used it in my house, in church, in a hospital. I can get a signal pretty much everywhere and have a conversation or send a text. It's portable. It works everywhere, and I am thankful that instead of having a car phone purpose that only works in certain spots. I'm grateful that I have an iPhone purpose because my purpose is portable and God can use me anywhere. And that means your purpose is portable too. You don't have to chase purpose. You carry purpose with you. And there's a problem with your purpose if you believe it's somewhere else other than right where you are. There's a problem with your purpose if you think, that it's about your preference. There's a problem with your purpose if you think it's tied to a career because it's none of those things. It's not dependent on ideal conditions. It's not dependent on your preference. And it's not dependent on your career or stage of life. Your purpose is portable. And so the next question then is, well, what is my purpose? Glad you asked. First of all, let's define the word purpose. It means the reason for which something is done or created or for which something exists. So that means we can't decide what our purpose is. The clay can't tell the potter what its purpose is. It has to ask the Creator. The Creator has sole authority to determine purpose. So the foundational question to ask about purpose is not what is my purpose, it is what is God's purpose for humanity, and how do I align my life with that purpose? So to answer that, let's take a, just a brief overview of what Scripture actually says. About purpose. And it starts with the very first chapter of scripture where we are told that we are created to be image bearers of God. Now, image bearers are meant to worship their creator, they give glory to the one who created them. So, what did their worship look like in the Garden of Eden? What did Adam and Eve actually do? They loved God, they talked with God, they walked with God, they knew Him, they cared for His creation, they worked. They partnered with God in His purpose. So being an image bearer speaks to both identity and to function. See, we are in a relationship with God, and we work in partnership with God. That is the intent. So as image bearers, we were meant to be in loving relationship with God and to partner with Him to bring about His purpose in the earth. We were meant to be worshipers. And so while sin brought death and destruction into God's good creation and hindered our ability to walk in that purpose, the Lord never abandoned His purpose for us, that we would be able to bear His name and image the way we were always meant to. So God set apart a family by His grace, the family of Abraham uh, that became the nation of Israel, to bear His image as worshipers of the one true God in the middle of a world that had turned their back on Him. Uh, The family of Abraham was meant to be a light to the nations. And one of the scriptures that shows how the Israelites viewed their purpose is Deuteronomy chapter six, verses four through five. In fact, they prayed this scripture twice a day in the time of Jesus, and it became known as the Shema. And in a way, I believe it encapsulates how they viewed their purpose and mission. It says this, "'Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart.'" and with all your soul, and with all your strength. See, this prayer reinforced that they were meant to know the one true God, Yahweh, that they were meant to live a life of worship and love. So love the Lord your God with all your heart. That's worship and adoration. Love Him with all your mind. That's worship through contemplation and keeping your mind focused on the things of God and love the Lord with all your strength. That's living your life in accordance with how God says to live it. That's obedience. It's living a life of worship. And even though God set apart a people, their hearts, like all of humanity, continually strayed from the Lord. And so it took God becoming man in the person of Jesus Christ for a human to finally live out God's true purpose for humanity. Jesus became the second Adam doing what the first could not, He was the perfect and is the perfect image bearer. And by defeating sin and death and restoring us into a right relationship with God, we can now walk in the fullness of God's original purpose, which we could never have done apart from the death and resurrection of Jesus. So Jesus now empowers us through his spirit to live out God's purpose for us. And so with all that said, it seems like we should pay attention to what Jesus said the focus of our lives should be. And he says it very simply In Matthew 22, verses 37 through 39, and Jesus summarized our purpose as image bearers when he was asked, what's the greatest commandment? What does the law and the prophets, what do they all say about how we should live our lives? And Jesus, when asked, replied, love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind. Sound familiar? Uh, This is the first and greatest commandment. And the second is like it, love your neighbor as yourself. All the law and the prophets hang on these two commandments. So Jesus sums up how we're to bear God's image and the way we're to partner with God in his purpose in a way that's very similar to the Shema and Deuteronomy, to love God and then to love your neighbor. See, living a life of loving worship and devotion to God and also loving your neighbor Is purpose. See, Jesus was reaffirming that the entire focus of scripture and God's purpose for humanity has been consistent throughout the entire biblical story that we would know and love the one true God, now revealed in Christ, and then show that love to our neighbor. That's what it means to be an image bearer. That's what it means to live a life of worship. So if living a life of worship, of loving God and our neighbor, is actually our purpose, then what does that actually look like on a day-to-day level? Well, Jesus speaks to that as well. It looks like obedience because Jesus said in John 14, 15, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. So obedience is the evidence of love. Obedience flows from love for God. It reflects and lives out God's love in the world. We fulfill our purpose as image bearers of God by loving, following, and obeying Jesus. And obedience is the key word. Here, because a changed heart produces a changed way of living. A changed heart produces a changed way of living. Obedience displays our love, and obedience is directly tied to our purpose. And I wanted to stress obedience because we talk a lot in our culture about loving God and loving others, but we can't separate that from obedience because Jesus and the New Testament writers say that they are directly connected. What does matter is what motivates and empowers our obedience. It has to be fueled by the grace of Jesus and the power of a spirit. Obedience isn't about proving we are worthy of being used by God. It's not about jumping through hoops. Instead, it becomes more about living out of love for God, living out our purpose, living out our calling. In culture today, we love to talk about finding our purpose. We love to talk about chasing after a calling in a way that's usually centered around getting what we want but we don't love talking about living a sacrificial life of obedience. We don't love talking about laying down our preferences, but that is where our purpose is actually lived out. A lot of times obedience isn't my preference, but obedience is always my purpose. So to live a life of purpose the way Jesus intended, we have to start asking in every situation, how is what I am doing showing my love for God? Is it loving towards God? Is it loving towards towards my neighbor, because it's that kind of life of love for God and others that, that motivated Paul to write to the Corinthian church in 1 Corinthians 10 31. So whether you eat or drink or whatever you do, do it all for the glory of God. See, Paul was writing to a church where some people were out of selfishness, living a way, living in a way that wasn't loving towards those who were new to the faith. And Paul was saying, no, if you love God and you love others, then you're going to try to look at all of your choices, and you're going to try to honor God through the way you love and lead and serve other people. So God is glorified when we live in this way, in a way that prioritizes God and the needs of others before our own desires. It doesn't mean we don't love ourselves or listen to what our hearts are telling us, but that's no longer the driving force of our lives. We have to renew our minds And the way we think about purpose, we have to renew our minds in the way that we think about dreams. Just like Paul says in Romans 12, 1 and 2, Therefore, I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy, to offer your bodies as a living sacrifice, holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Do not conform to the pattern of this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind. Then you will be able to test and approve what God's will is, His good, pleasing, and perfect will. See, we can no longer conform to how culture talks about purpose. We can no longer conform to the pattern of this world that says life is all about your dreams. We can no longer conform to the idea that life is meant to chase impact that'll happen one day once you've built a platform. No, we have to renew our minds. God's purpose is that you would live out His purpose for you now as an image bearer, And as a worshiper, that means wherever you are in life, whatever you are doing, God wants to use it for His glory. His glory is your purpose. Are you glorifying God through your integrity? Are you glorifying God through the way you conduct your business? Are you glorifying God and loving Him and loving your neighbor in the way that you're a friend, in the way that you date, and the way that you parent? we must ask ourselves every day, are we shining a light on the goodness of God in each situation or position we find ourselves in? Are we loving God and loving our neighbor in all things? Are you participating in God's purpose or are you just pursuing your own? That is the question I really want you to wrestle with because you don't have to chase purpose. You have the responsibility and the gift of carrying God's purpose with you. And that changes everything. That means if you're not living in your dream, guess what? You still have purpose. If life has fallen apart all around you, you still have purpose. If you feel abandoned and alone, you still have purpose. And that is good news. And so I want to just share briefly as we close three ways that changing your mindset about purpose and realizing that it's portable will actually change the way you live. All right, the first is this. You don't live up to your purpose you live out of your purpose. You don't live up to your purpose. You live out of your purpose. See, there's so much freedom in this because you aren't one day trying to prove yourself worthy of living with purpose. You don't have to make sure you reach a certain level of maturity. It doesn't let you off the hook now um, because you're not quite mature enough yet. You get to live with purpose now. Every day you get to live with purpose no matter where you're at in life because you didn't earn it to begin with. It's a gift of grace. 2 Timothy 1:9 says that he has saved us and saved us and called us to a holy life not because of anything we have done, but because of his own purpose and grace. This grace was given us in Christ Jesus before the beginning of time. See, you are called by God not because of your perfection, but because of his purpose and grace. Yes, you're called to holiness, but you're empowered to live that way through grace. And yes, your character must grow to sustain certain assignments, but perfection is not the measuring stick for our purpose. Living out of purpose is a gift of grace. And so while God may be preparing you for something, that preparation season is also a purpose season as you love God and glorify him in it. Second, point is this. Your mistakes in the past don't cause you to miss out on your purpose today. Your mistakes in the past don't cause you to miss out on your purpose today. See, some of you are listening today, and you think a decision you made in your past has caused you to miss out on what God can do through you right now. You think you've disqualified yourself. You think you went too far. But your purpose isn't something that you can lose. Um, if it's really uh, a responsibility that you carry, that means you you can't lose it based on what you did. It's something that God has entrusted to you by His grace. It's right there ready for you to walk in it again. That means you might not have ended up where you thought you were going to be at this point in your life, but you didn't lose your purpose. You might've walked away for a season, but you can choose this day to walk in it again. You can receive the grace Of Jesus. That's the beauty of Romans 8.28, that we know in all things God works for the good of those who love him, who have been called according to his purpose. So as we love God and receive his grace, we're able to walk in purpose no matter what we've done, because it's the Lord who's the one who fulfills that purpose in us and through us. We can't derail it by our mistakes. His grace is so much bigger than that. And finally, your purpose shines in the daily, not just the dramatic. Your purpose shines in the daily, not just the dramatic. For as long as I lived, um, or for so long I lived, as if God only worked through the extraordinary moments, you know, the moments that always felt few and far between. But now I'm learning to see God's fingerprints mostly in the ordinary moments. Because you don't have to wait to get to your destiny one day Every day is your destiny. You're not stuck in preparation. Your purpose in life doesn't await your future. It's right now. And in all the striving, chasing, and manipulating in order to take hold of these big, extraordinary moments, sometimes we miss the beautiful moments right in front of us, the moments where we can live out of purpose and the conversation with your child, the groceries that you can buy for your neighbor, the way you can serve in church, the opportunity you have to forgive. You get to infuse every moment every relationship, and every interaction with purpose. Obedience is purpose. Kindness is purpose. Prayer is purpose. God moves in the daily more than the dramatic. God moves in the daily more than the dramatic. And yes, God does do extraordinary things, but mostly the fruit that you're going to see in your life is going to come through daily devotion to the Lord, daily faithfulness. So you're an image bearer of God and a disciple of the Lord Jesus Christ, live like it now, serve like it now, love like it now. You have all you need right now to live out the great call of God on your life. Don't minimize the impact you can have today because you're waiting on tomorrow. Your purpose is portable, and you can live out your purpose even if you're not living in your dream. So I want you to think of one way this week you can live out your purpose to love God And love others? What's the step of obedience God is asking you to take? What way can you demonstrate the love of God to others? When you get a chance, write it down in your journal, make a note on your phone, but come up with an action step, something that you are going to actually do to obey the prompting of the Holy Spirit and then make a plan to do it. And I'd love to hear about it on Instagram. You can tag me and tell me the story of how you carried purpose with you this week. So do that and just tag at Wade Joy, W-A-D-E-J-O-Y-E. And I can't wait to hear about how God uses you. So thanks so much for listening today. Uh, New episodes drop every Monday. I'm loving getting the opportunity to do this podcast. I'd really appreciate it if you left a review. It helps get the word about the podcast out and this message out. Leave me a question on Instagram. I'm gonna do some Q&A episodes and you can follow me, like I said, on Instagram at WayJoy. Leave the questions there and then visit my website for more info. If you're interested in having me preach at your church or speak or coach, WayJoy.com.